thought she was just a heroine for our scriptures. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, I'm so excited to meet her one day. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, just as, as the patriarchs are very active in um, in the latter days, etc., I'm, I'm sure that the matriarchs as well, and uh, it'll be fun to, to see and, and realize all that, that she's been doing since she um, has passed and, and moved on to, to her new and exciting missions and, and things. Um, so Libby says in, in the chat, she says, sorry that she can't talk, but she was amazed at how humble and quiet she went about her life and how she was maybe even more spiritual than Abraham, but always letting him lead and how that's so amazing. It, it very much is. I, I think there's a lot to learn from Sarah's example, uh, not only for women, but for men. I mean, we, we often we, we focus just right to the, the patriarch because um, that's that's what the book of scripture is. But uh, Sarah is, is this amazing person uh, to, to learn a lot from. <clears throat> yeah, just kind of the, the summary there on 225. It took me a second to find it. But um, where she could have traded it all for for the two different times that, that she went into, well, kind of, uh, I'll call it a kidnapping, but it is <laughs> different than that. But um, she could have traded it all, both in Egypt and with the king of Gerar, but yet she was always faithful, and uh, she was long-suffering, very patient and kind, and uh, a great missionary. Um, she, like her husband, had foreseen their posterity, um, that, that wasn't held from her as the matriarch of, of her family. She was able to, to be a prophetess um, and even seen us in our tribulations and, and prayed for us. It's not only Abraham's prayer, but also Sarah's that um, gives us many blessings in, in our latter days. We're, we're the recipients of her prayers um, for us. Uh, Rossanne says that she agrees, that she's so glad to, to know more about them both. And then Libby says, and the part of the whole country losing her and how they grieved her death, the impact that one person can make, very much so. Yeah. I also saw here on the bottom of 224 where there was, there was no quiet retirement period, no waning commitment or diminished service. And I think too often as we you know, serve, we've done our thing, it's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. I've done my time. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And Abraham, 175 years, Sarah, 127 years, just nonstop. Yeah, for sure. I, there was a, a couple in my ward growing up that they um, had went on just endless missions over and over and over again. Uh, there's actually a couple of families in our ward that did that. But um, I just remember thinking, man, what would it be like to, to be on a mission all the time? That must be so exhausting and boring as a little kid, I was thinking that. And um, and then to, to learn about like the pioneer stories where, I mean, they would go for like seven years or whatever kind of thing. It's like, oh man, that's a lot of time. And then here's Abraham and Sarah. And it's like, nope, that they were full-time. I mean, that they never did quit. That's, that's what they did. And that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, to, there's no greater work. Um, as President Nelson in the Let God Prevail uh, uh, talk this last conference that 
missionary, temple family history work, gathering Israel, there's, there's no, nothing more important uh, leading up to the second coming of Christ. That, that's just amazing um, that, that they dedicated all of those countless years to um, doing that and, and saving so many souls. Uh, Chelsea says that when I taught Release Society this weekend, I made a point to recognize how much our father loves women and cherishes them. Sarah's example shows us how vital our role is as women, and we often underestimate our value and divine potential. Yes, for sure. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just interesting how many um, times we, we sometimes revert either as uh, in our, our personal lives or as communities or nation or whatever that we revert back to uh, some of those uh, traditions of men that are incorrect and, uh, and we kind of skip over uh, the stories of these, these great women in the scriptures, but how important it is to rise up and, um, and speak of these things often so that we do uh, realize and uh, realize that these blessings are, are available to all of us in the latter days. The patriarchal order is both men and women, uh, equal partners, equally yoked, just like Adam and Eve. She personified the um, ability of laying aside this, the things of this world and seeking for the things of a better, which is uh, Dean C 2510. What a great example she had. And then on the next page, it talks about their Zion marriage. And I thought that was really interesting how they phrased that mm -hmm. yep for sure i also liked on 227 where it talks about that genesis om omits the words of abraham's eulogy but the midrash seems to indicate that proverbs 31 was actually written for sarah which is the who can find a virtuous woman um poem yeah Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It is. So why does Abraham go to, to such great expense for Sarah's burial? Um, it, it mentions in there that the, the owner of the land would have gladly given it to, to Abraham, yet he sacrifices even more and, and not just a little to, to pay a high price for this burial ground. Why? What pattern is that? What What's his motivation there? Uh, I mean, God already gave him all of the land. Why? Why would he um, put forth that that money and effort in that? Do you think? Well, didn't he do the same thing with his tithing that he paid extra? Mm -hmm. I think it's such a good example. It's something I've been working on is to be generous with other people um, because I'm a business owner. It's interesting to watch how some people are generous and how other people would rather cheat you and save a little bit of money. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean it as an example to what I wanna be like is being more generous and give more than to ever feel like I cheated someone. Just, and also how it shows when you are generous with people, it shows appreciation. And when you are cheap or, I mean, we're taught to be thrifty, but there's a difference between thrifty and cheap. Mm -hmm. And how it shows appreciation when people are generous, it 
to me, it means they are thankful and they're appreciative when they want to cheat you. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So I just think that's such a good example, even with my tithing or fast offering to be generous. And that I just thought, I noticed both of them. I thought that was a great example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we moving on from Sarah is, is not the right terminology, but but we we lay her to rest and and continue on with Abraham's story for quite a few years. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing how how long Abraham um, stays on the earth and completes even more missions here. Um, that he goes on to to marry a woman named Keturah who is the daughter of a powerful desert monarch. And he took yet another wife and, and had uh, many sons and even a daughter. That was the first time that I ever heard that, that he had a daughter was in this book. And I don't know, that was just such an exciting discovery that just this little nugget there towards the end of the book, like, oh yeah, by the way, um, that Abraham loved her dearly and taught her all that he had learned. And she was the center of Abraham's household, of course. Um, later after his passing, she is said to have carried his teachings far and wide. Um, you know, I, I've tried to put myself in Isaac's shoes before as, as he is learning and growing up with this great patriarch, uh, Abraham, their father. And I, I can just imagine how, how different it was even for this daughter, whoever she is, that um, she's learning lesson after lesson, example after example, uh, right, uh, right directly from him. And, and of course that she would take his message far and wide so that many people could come unto Christ. Um, Abraham definitely positioned, positioned himself strategically so that he could do missionary work, etc. But as she goes out as kind of one of the first sister missionaries and um, uh, proclaims it far and wide to um, the inhabitants of the earth, etc. Um, uh, Cheryl, uh, in our uh, local discussions here, she shared um, a video from Glenn Kimball that talks about some early sources saying that um, that Buddha, the I forget the the actual name of the, the who Buddha is based on, but they they say that that's Abraham and, and he's married to a Sarah and. And that would have come from from Abraham's daughter here. You know, don't quote me on that. I, I don't know, but like uh, that's an interesting thought to to note as well because we have the the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims, and and possibly even the Buddhists and the Hindus that also have direct ties to Abraham. Uh, I think that that's an amazing uh, uh, it's amazing legacy, regardless of of if that's true. But um, just. The, the greatness of Abraham and his posterity. He taught them all, all very well um, how to come unto Christ <clears throat> and how to be great missionaries, uh, to, to build up Zion wherever they went. Um, often we think just Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and that's kind of it. But, but there are so many more uh, children that Abraham had that uh, proclaimed the gospel far and wide. Um, 
So what do you all think of, of this family reunion that Abraham calls here at the end? I, I just love this example so much. I, I would love to base our family reunions in, in the same, same manner after the patriarchal order. Um, there, there's so many fun little tidbits. What, what did you all learn from, from this section uh, about his posterity, the things that were taught, the blessings that were shared, et cetera? I think my favorite part was um, his relationship with Jacob and, um, you know, how Jacob fell asleep with him, slept with him, and he blessed and kissed him, and, and he died with Jacob in his arms. And I just, it, that was very sweet to me, his relationship with his grandson. Mm -hmm. I liked that a lot. Yeah. When I was recording it, it took me a good 20 takes. I just kept bawling. Oh. I couldn't even read it. <laughs> it was one of the most tender moments. Um, yeah. It reminded me of how um, Lehi took his whole family together and yeah. kind of did sort of the same thing and how he left to, you know, left them the, well, the inheritance that they had, but Anyways, Abraham's a little bit different, but it was, it was a little bit similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I love that, that it's mentioned uh, who's all here, that, that Ishmael, we often think of him as just some estranged character that, that got abandoned. Um, but we know from, from previous chapters, he went and built him a temple, gave him the priesthood, etc. And and here he's coming back. He's he's friends with Isaac. There, I mean, they're all a, a big family for this great reunion um, and for these last pronouncements. Uh, you know, our scriptures are very much um, along the lines of patriarchal order, and and that goes to Isaac. But like what kind of blessings was Abraham, this great patriarch who's seen everything, handing down to Ishmael and, and his posterity? And, uh, you know, I, it just blows my mind how, how much Abraham is full of the spirit of prophecy and, and he's always praying on behalf of others um, and, and what he would have said in those blessings to them. It, it, I don't know. I, it's going to be great to, to know the full story and, and history of um, all of these things put together. And um, anyway, I, I, I just know that Ishmael's not left out here. And I, it was curious to me, I don't know what the timeline is as far as Isaac um, quote unquote accidentally blessing Jacob instead of Esau. But Esau is not mentioned at all. Mm -hmm. um, I was listening to a YouTube video about the blessings of Israel, of Abraham, um, by Masa. I, I don't know his last name. Um, Monte Mayor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to that video where he, but he was talking about that um, blessing and how um, Isaac, you know, 
quote unquote made a mistake, but that actually God was guiding him because Esau was not, he had no interest in keeping the commandments of God. And so it's interesting in this book that he's not even mentioned. Um, I don't know, uh, just, I listened to that video this morning and then I finished reading the chapter later today. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting that I'm learning this much about that family. And um, it just, I don't know if you had any thoughts about why Esau, maybe Esau wasn't mentioned because he had no interest in keeping the commandments of God and because he became so angry and maybe he just, you know, he was estranged from the family and wanted nothing to do with them. Anyway, those, those are just kind of my thoughts while I was reading through that part about the reunion and um, Abraham and Jacob and their relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I found that very interesting that, um, Jacob is having such a tender moment with with Abraham here and and Esau's not not mentioned um but that whether or not Esau is intimately evolved in the family or or anything I I kind of doubt that he's estranged at this point but um because it it doesn't seem that he sells his birthright until much later um but that Jacob is so tenderly wanting those blessings and seeking and yearning after those blessings I, I think is very telling um yeah that's a major Abraham. difference between them for sure yeah yeah at, at such a young age I mean mm -hmm. how, how do you teach little children to, to want <laughs> the, the, the great deeper things of, of the gospel but um okay. but you can hear yeah. Jesus demonstrating that that's the yeah. question of Lame, uh, Nephi or Lehi would have not loved that. Alma would have loved that. I mean, that's something we all deal with, right? It's not just yeah. us or, you know, Abraham. Kids and yeah, kids kind of come with that, those tendencies or not. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I kind of think so, but. Mm -hmm. So I left my book at my son's house and they sent it home with my other son and my husband's bringing it tomorrow. <laughs> um, so just, I meant to listen to your audio and I forgot, um, but remind me what, cause I, with the time change, I forgot to get on. Uh, what was the chapter this week? Uh -huh, so chapter 11. And um, this is, uh, kind of the the finale chapter where uh, both Sarah and Abraham pass away. And then chapter 12, uh, the final chapter of the book, uh, goes into Abraham's legacy, etc. So kind of this is the, the last chapter uh, of Abraham's life. Um, but there, there is one more that, that talks about um, the covenant uh, up until present, etc. So um, we, we lay to rest Sarah, and uh, then we have this great family reunion that Abraham calls. Uh, he, he goes and marries Keturah and another wife and has many sons and, and at least one daughter, and, um, and then calls this family reunion before he dies, before he passes. Um, and, and that's just kind of where we're at in the chapter is this family reunion and uh, the the people that were there, Ishmael comes uh, along with Isaac and 
um, Abraham and Jacob have this very tender moment uh, where he blesses him right before he dies, uh, like right before, like um, Jacob, um, well, yeah, let's just read it because I did in all of the other groups, but I think it's just so um, tenderly put here. It says that Abraham then pronounced his final blessing, invoking the blessings of heaven upon Jacob and his seed forever, and urging Jacob to keep the commandments of your father Abraham. Young Jacob was tired, and the two lay together on one bed, and Jacob slept in the bosom of Abraham, who kissed him seven times, and his heart rejoiced over him, and while Jacob slept, Abraham blessed him with all of his heart, asking the Lord that thy grace and thy mercy may be upon him and upon his seed. And may thine eyes be opened upon him and upon his seed, that thou mayest preserve him and bless him and sanctify him as a nation for thine inheritance and bless him with all thy blessings and renew thy covenant and thy grace with him and with his seed unto all the generations of the earth. And with that, Abraham blessed the God of gods and he covered his face, stretched out his feet and slept the slept of eternity and was gathered to his fathers. I'm just curious, do we know how old Jacob is at this point? Um, that's a great question. Um, like, is somewhere he married? In I just, in no. my heart, I want to know that Abraham saw the beginning of this posterity that Jacob was producing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he was, I know he wasn't alive for all 12 of the sons, but um, he didn't have 12, 10, was it 10? And then and then the two were Joseph's, but um, I just want to know that he saw that there was a greater posterity coming and that this promise he got to realize, I mean, he would have seen it after he died, but it would just be nice mm -hmm. to know that he saw it in this oh. life, finally. Yeah, on the well, page before, go ahead. Yeah, didn't the angel came to Abraham and gave him one last... Right wish i guess or something and uh he showed him all of the entire inhabited world so that to me maybe he he probably saw what happened with jacob and maybe he knew what was going to happen with his grandson yeah Is that he was, what you were gonna he, say exactly he was taken you know up in the cloud he was riding on the chariot he soared over the entire inhabited world and saw all the righteous as well as the wicked and what i thought was really interesting he was given one last wish right and remember early on in the book he had two things that he really wanted a lot one was to be taken up right like like enoch and the other was for his posterity right for to to see how everything would turn out and here he's given his last wish and sure enough the last wish now switches from be wanting to become like Enoch, right? And his city and, and to see exactly what happens to the world. And he gets to see all that. And then sure enough, Enoch appears again, the teacher of heaven and earth and the scribes of righteousness was acting as a scribe in the Lord's judgment of souls. The picture must have turned Abraham's mind again to the glorious scenes of the latter days. I mean, that's just got to be an incredible scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And if you watch President Nelson's video that he that he put out on Sunday, without coming out and saying it directly, 
he talks about the same thing that happened to him. And, and when he was taken up to great heights and, and, and shown a vision and, and things like there are our, our patriarchs and, and prophets and, and things are, are telling us in the, in the best language that they can, but you know, human words don't even convey uh, all that, that there is to, to be had with, with these great visions and, and wishes and um, uh, messenger experiences that, that are given. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know how old Jacob was here, but um, it seems to me that he's very uh, young, but I, I could be wrong. I don't know if he's actually had uh, any posterity at this point. Do we know how old Abraham was when he passed away? Or about uh, how old he was? Yeah, 175. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So can I just share something? Yeah. Because several meetings back, you had talked about um, El uh, Elder. Uh, e. Douglas Clark's book, Echoes of Eden. And we have Deseret Bookshelf, my husband does. So I logged on and I've been reading that. And I just have to say, thank you for sharing that. Um, something that struck me in this reading of Abraham is that 95% of us are descendants of Abraham. But in Echoes of Eden, it talks about how Adam and Eve were literal sons, a son and daughter of heavenly father and heavenly mother. And I just, that's been just stewing inside of me so much because I think we just sell ourselves short a lot. And if that's true, then we're also the literal sons, sons and daughters of Heavenly Father. And we say that, but I think we often, if you guys are like me, think, well, I'm a spiritual daughter, but not a physical. And here we are, we're all descendants of Noah, all descendants of Adam, 95% or more, Brother Clark said probably more of Abraham. We have such royal blood in us. And it's been echoing back to me the words that President Nelson said, I believe it was his first conference as prophet to the priesthood when he said, we're living below our privilege. And so I've had all of these thoughts doing and simmering in my heart and in my soul about really what that privilege is. And we have that same privilege of Abraham. We just forget it. We don't reach for it. We don't, we sell ourselves short because we don't realize that truly we are not just spiritual, but physical children of God. And I just felt really strongly that I wanted to share that with everyone because it's just been this week. I'm up here in Island Park. I'm a little north of, of uh, Rexburg. And, uh, and I've had some alone time and just really pondering and having more of my eyes and my heart opened. And I just want to say thank you because part of that 
came because of, of all of you. And I'm just really grateful for that. And I hope that you all will take that opportunity to find that out too. Yeah, thank you. The Echoes of Eden is an amazing book, uh, comparing Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah, contrasting them and, and the pattern that, that's played out there. Um, so many insightful things. And uh, just, just like you said, that um, as we spend time and, and simmer with it, 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 it yields many fruitful thoughts and, and blessings. Um, but, but studying with a group is, is so fun to, to see uh, everyone else's take and opinions on things and, and learn about it from all these perspectives. Because um, you see things uh, so uh, wildly different and, and we can each grow thereby. I, I just look forward to our time so much as we're doing that. Um, and I just want to share one more thing. And I drove down to Rexburg today and I was like, what am I going to listen to? I don't want to just turn the radio on and listen to news talk shows because I haven't watched the news in a long time. I kind of would keep an ear to the ground, but these last months I have not since the beginning of the year. I haven't. And I've mentioned before the podcast Talking Scripture that I just, it's my very favorite one for all the Come Follow Me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Come Follow Me or listen to it. And then I realized, oh, it's Easter. There's, there's not one this week. And what am I going to listen to then to bless me with Easter and prepare me for that? And I just want to say, if you, especially women, if you want to be uplifted and blessed right along with Mother Eve and Sarah, listen to the talking scripture, Mary Magdalene, because she's not who you think she is. And your heart will just burn. The seven spirits that were cast out of her was not seven spirits. She was coming out of the seven temples, the seven ladders, the seven levels, that's what it was. She is just as amazing and just as wonderful as, as Eve and Sarah and such an example. And, and it's an amazing, amazing podcast for to uplift you for Easter. And anyway, I just wanted to share that too. Mary Magdalene on uh, mm -hmm. Talking Scripture. Yeah, thank you. I am definitely going to, to listen to that. Does anyone else feel inundated with how much they need to study all the time? <laughs> like, talking scripture, like you've mentioned it before, I just haven't quite got around to, to getting there and stuff, but all right, I, I'll, I'll dive into that one tonight. But I love what everybody shares. I'm really, really grateful. And I do, sometimes I feel overwhelmed. I just feel frozen. There's so much to study and so yeah. much to learn. And, and then President Nelson gives us so much more and it's like, ah, but that's why I love you guys, because this brings me in and reminds me, okay, I have to get this done by this time. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to seeing everyone. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to be quiet now. And uh, kind of dovetailing off of that, you know, like you said, and President Nelson just keeps coming out with more and stuff. Um, with that, uh, like in the, the Gospel Library app with the, um, oh, all of a sudden my mind went blank, um, Starting Today Initiative. Um, where each day leading up to conference, it's a new challenge, a new thing to start developing and, uh, and working at. Uh, today's was um, feeling love and uh, the challenge on it was, 
Um, is there someone who could use your love today? And so I was just really praying about that this morning. Like, please let me, um, you know, following this initiative, yes, but like genuinely, I want to connect with somebody that I haven't connected with for a while. Like, who needs uh, my love that I haven't uh, expressed it to uh, very often? And it, it took all day. It was like at the end of the workday, I was stressed, I was hot, I was just like, whatever. Um, a name of a former missionary companion popped in my head and and it popped in my head and I was like, oh yes, I'm gonna do that when I get home. Um, but then I kind of forgot about it until right before I was logging into to another book club. And um, anyway, so I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'll just send him a quick Facebook message and then we'll be done. Uh, send him the message and then he hurries and calls me because <laughs> we haven't talked in, in so long and, and stuff. And anyway, it was just such a good time to connect with him and, um, and, and share our testimonies with each other, et cetera. That wouldn't have come in any other way. I, well, I mean, in my normal day-to-day, -day, that, that wouldn't have been there. But uh, I know that, that President Nelson's initiatives and, and challenges and, and everything that, that he is, is hastening in our lives is for a purpose. As we prepare for conference, this one was, was quite the uh, experience for me leading into conference. Now I have uh, his name in my mind as I'm praying for answers and, uh, and things going into um, this, this great instruction that, that we're going to be receiving in April. Um, anyway, I, I just love all of the, the Easter things and um, uh, everything that, that President Nelson's doing, that he's not afraid to stretch us and grow us kind of thing. But, you know, I'm sure if Abraham were uh, alive and, and leading us uh, specifically as a church, he'd be doing the exact same thing, you know, challenge after challenge and grow become, uh, seek our, our, our savior. Do you have any cheat sheets or any notes on that stuff you've linked together? Cause I haven't noticed <laughs> any link between those two little talks that he gave. Uh -huh. Um, I mean, did you look it up on the footnotes or are you just listening? Like, is there footnotes or are you just listening and putting it together? Cause I didn't see really any links uh, between them. But I'm really loving your insight on it. Um, so like the starting today initiative is what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about his last gratitude, the prophet's last gratitude oh. little thing. And then today, uh, this week. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, there are some footnotes and things, but uh, just pulling my own thoughts into it. You're just kind of putting them together. Oh, okay. It, it's I didn't know if you had like some magical <laughs> key code to it you could share. Because <laughs> uh, it went right over my head. I mean, I thought it was a nice little talk, but I didn't get that much out of it. I mean, I thought it was nice, but thank you. Uh, well, yeah, I just as I'm studying, I, I really, like I have flashcards of Anytime that there's a new term or a, a study thing that I've done um, so that I have those readily available. And when President Nelson started uh, in with his story uh, about the, the airplane experience, he shared that before on a YouTube video um, that men's hearts shall fail them. And um, anyway, when he started in with that, I was like, where is he going with this? Like, why are we talking about a plane crash on Easter? What, what? Anytime it seems really disjointed, 
then there's more there kind of a thing. And so I was like, ooh, listen for keywords. And so I was like, throughout his whole story, um, like all of my flashcards got used. It was like, ooh, there's that one, there's that one, there's that one, there's that one. And oh, okay. So you it together. I love that. Uh-huh. And as he was talking and then sharing two other stories, not stories, but um, principles, and then studying them chiastically. So you take the, the first story in chiastic form and diagram it out and put it on top of the other experience and the other one. Uh, then you see that the, the points match and, and what he's talking about. I learned that um, chiastic mapping is really helpful for studying President Nelson because he's always talking chiastically. And, and by when I say he is, the spirit is always talking chiastically through him. Um, oh, that's, that's interesting. That's really is me. that the same story he gave with the lady that was screaming? Uh-huh, yes. And yeah, so and he, he distilled yeah. it down. Because I was waiting for that part of the story and then it was that he didn't tell that part. So yeah, he was focusing on a different part of a uh, different message from it. Yes. And one thing that he shared in this one that he didn't share in the other one. Sorry, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> but um that um he he adds a little tidbit and kind of a wink to it, and he's like, I made it to the meeting on time. And I was like, whoa that that one was a good one <laughs> that um he he starts pulling in the parable of the ten virgins um on top of it adding another layer anyway it, ah, i didn't get that you have a lot of insight <laughs> <laughs> again i Thank might be apostate who knows i'm just <laughs> going on a whim <laughs> don't take my word for it um but anyway so, so popping back to, to Abraham here um, and, and his final experience, I, I love the, the idea of eulogies um, that, that's mentioned a couple times in here. Uh, I had a funeral of a, a relative this last uh, Saturday and, and eulogies has just really been at the forefront of my mind. Um, when we are remembering others and, and remembering their lives and their accomplishments, uh, their, their connections with God kind of a thing. Uh, Elder Stevenson, uh, in a, a previous root stick, it wasn't this year, but he said that he was quoting somebody else, and, and I need to find this quote, but um, he said that there's three deaths. The first death is when the spirit leaves the body. The second is when uh, our bodies are, are committed to the ground and, and interred. And then the third death happens sometime in the future when our names are spoken for the very last time. And that how it's our work and, and glory as, as proxy saviors to keep people's names alive, to find those names, to repeat them often, to tell their stories, to, to eulogize them in, in effect. And um, I, I found that very interesting here in um, in this, that Abraham is eulogizing Sarah, and then who eulogizes Abraham? Uh, there on page 234, that it's God himself. Um, but his greatest eulogy was pronounced sometime later by God himself, who, when he appeared to Isaac, renewed his promises once made to Abraham, thereby making Isaac and his posterity instruments to bless the world. And I just, I don't know, I was just pondering all last week, like, what would God's eulogy about Abraham contain? I mean, what wouldn't there be in that eulogy? Like, I, 
I can't even imagine the the things that that God the Father had to say about this servant who was true and faithful in all things, who was a great missionary, who brought about the Abrahamic covenant and and brought those blessings to God's children. Uh, and then in turn, how would God eulogize me? Like, what have I accomplished through him? Uh, you know, like, where am I at? And so it was kind of that that whole interview with, with God kind of a thing. Like, when at the great final judgment, how are we going to to be remembered for, for our acts? And um, how much time do I waste on, on stupid things? And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I, I want to be remembered for, for the great things that I, I tried to do to, to build Zion in, in my own little sphere and uh, small little tiny 200 person town here. Like, I don't know, I just, I really resonated with that, that principle that, that's in the book, that, that idea of eulogies and, and keeping memories alive. Uh, as before this book, I didn't know anything about Abraham. I, I mean, we, we get little tidbits and, and things, but I didn't really know him. I, I didn't keep his memory alive. But now it's like everywhere I turn, I talk about Abraham and some little tidbit from his life with people around me. And they're like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh, let me tell you, I found this great book that, that'll fill in all the blanks and, and really get you an insight into his character. But can I, I just, know. as a family, yeah. as a family history graduate, can I just <laughs> put a little plug in? Um, just make it a goal, like once, one Sunday or each Sunday or whatever. I mean, if you could do it once a day, that'd be great. But just write one memory. You know, like I started doing this. I wrote about when our cat, why she was named, why he was named Kitty Snuggles. You know, just little, little short stories that have nothing to do because you get overwhelmed writing the whole story. Mm -hmm. So just write a little vignette. And I just think it would be really, really cool to take these vignettes, put some pictures in, and what a great thing to give to your grandkids. You know, and they could just lay in bed or your kids and they can lay in bed and read a story about grandma or great grandma, you know, and because really when you think about it within three generations, we're forgotten. Nobody knows. And then everybody's digging up, trying to find stories. But if you can just write these little vignettes that are just short little stories and memories that you have that are not connected with other things so that it can just be a five to 15 minute read, just a short little story. Like what a blessing that would be to your family and to your posterity. And then find those stories of your family and write those down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, amen to all of that because I'm Temple and Family History leader in our ward. And it's just, there's so much to do all the time, but that's actually one of the most important things to, to, to get accomplished. Um, and I love reading those stories on the family search, the memories. And I actually found a story and tagged with my family, the Cannon family, and it involved the Scovilles from Nauvoo. And I tagged them in it. And I actually got a, a note from someone in the family. And they said, our family never knew this story, that, yeah. that their family had blessed my Cannon family. 
and they were an answer to prayer and they never knew it. And so that was just such a joy to me to get that note and find out that they're finally finding the behind the scenes story. So just share these stories because just as we've loved watching Abraham and learning about him, we mm-hmm. just feel like we're nobody again, but we are to our family. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have something, Cameron, I'm sure. um, going along with what you've just said about personal history. Something we did um, instead of a book group, we did a personal history group and we would meet once a month and we'd, we'd select a topic. And after going a few years, then we'd decide what we'd write about, but we'd meet together just in the evening and, and we could share our stories or just kind of say, oh, this is what I wrote about this time. But just knowing that we were going to meet, it was kind of our time away from our families. We'd have a little treat. Mm-hmm. It would be like a book group, but we'd get it done because we knew we were going to meet. And that was really fun because I had time away from all my children. And and now I have all those different things written down and there's still so much more I want to write. But that that got me started with a group of friends. And that was really fun. And it wasn't it wasn't friends that I hung around all the time. It just kind of went around Relief Society mm-hmm. who who would want to do this? And then we just became really good friends through that. I love that idea. It keeps you accountable. Just like reading Abraham. It's kept me accountable. I love that idea. Me too. Me too. Getting these chapters in. I know. I know. The week goes so fast and then you're like, ah, but I love that that keeps you accountable for family history too. And, and like we just moved into our ward a year ago and we don't know anyone. So what a great way to start something like that and get to know others in my ward and stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of this is all of this is reminding me of that movie Coco. Have you guys seen that movie? <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> I just keep this conversation. All I think about, I'm just thinking about that movie, but it must, it's got a grain of truth in it. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I was doing my family history degree when that came out and I must've gone to the theater, the dollar theater or the half price theater about five or six times and watched it with different people. But I was like, somebody from the church had to have written this yeah. in it because there's so many gospel truths in there. I loved Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just a quick tidbit on, um, I served my mission in Mexico and uh, really knowing and learning about the day of the dead, how they celebrate things. I mean, they abhor Halloween. Like they have protest against Halloween, this Americanization of, of trick-or-treat and all that kind of stuff. But they, their Day of the Dead is so remarkable of remembering and their ancestors and keeping their memories alive. And that movie just pegs it right on. I, I, yeah, concur. <laughs> it's an inspired movie. <laughs> um, I, I love the last part of this book on this chapter where it says that a Jewish source foretold that the Messiah himself would go to the cave of Machpelah and say to to the fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, arise, you have slept long enough. That reminds me of Jesus calling down into that cave of Lazarus. And and when I was in Israel, I actually went down into that cave and reenacted that. And I was wrapped up in these linen and with a face covering and they called me forward and it was just an incredible experience but 
what's so neat about this is then in the next chapter it says then they sit on thrones they're not angels but are gods and you know that's what the gospel is all about and that's what distinguishes us from any other gospel out there uh, in fact many people outside of the church make fun of us as latter-day saints and as mormons because we believe this doctrine yeah or they call us blasphemous right mm. yeah but <clears throat> as we dive into isaiah decoded and the, the the rungs on this ladder of ascension kind of thing uh, how it's it's making that that clear distinction from seraphim up to the, the level of gods um very telling here what um dnc is actually trying to to say to us that that ascension is possible and, and that abraham isaac and jacob were, were called forth and and rose at this point i think that's just amazing i, I think that that's such a great way to to end that chapter you know like boom you know abraham went through so much he desired uh, translation to be with the city of enoch etc and and yet look at at what he actually was rewarded with and that reward comes with requirements you know when you're gods you you now enter into the rest of the lord into a holy work that um is beyond description i mean we, we don't even know what all that entails but um he as we know from isaiah's letter is now reaching down and, and helping all of the the ones below to to rise um I think that's just so amazing that, um, uh, of course, that he's given these that, these great blessings and and things so that we can can then um, attain that same stature. So I'm so grateful. That ladder, it reminded me back when you read about Jacob and Abraham and how Jacob gave him seven kisses. I want to know more about that because it seems like there's more. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. That number seven is so important. Numbers are very important. Um, I don't profess to, to know all of the answers there, but seven seems to, to be the, the number of complete or um, uh, a full perfection, circle. Uh, perfection, yes. The, the levels on the ladder it could be a kiss for each one of those as Jacob was ascending. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That. <laughs> Like I said, after our, our talk with E. Douglas Clark, that now I have like thousands more questions that I would love to, to pick his brain on. Like, okay, what, what do you know about the seven kisses? Like, what, what's that about? <laughs> so in, in Qumran, when you go there and you go down the stairs into the baptismal um, by Masada there, uh, they have seven steps into the baptismal font once again signifying completeness and wholeness and perfectness going before the lord pretty interesting yeah it is and yet it's just the beginning right right mm -hmm. and when you think of abraham isaac and jacob being resurrected doesn't that fit in perfect with this weekend and easter mm -hmm. you know yeah i couldn't have timed it better myself i did not plan that <laughs> But yeah, finish don't, you just, this stuff. don't you just love when conference falls on Easter weekend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So um, 
next week, um, I was, I don't know, I didn't plan this out well because of uh, the interview with E. Douglas Clark, et cetera. And so I was hoping to have like a conference off so that people didn't have to feel that pressure of book club and stuff. But I found that our other two groups still wanted to meet and, and talk about conference. And so um, if you all want to next Tuesday, I'm more than willing to, to jump on here and, and have a discussion. We can talk about conference and then if anything from chapter 12 strikes out, but uh, I'm not planning on spending the, the whole hour on chapter 12, but, but more on conference and, and connections with Abraham, et cetera. Um, but yeah, if, if y'all are, are willing, we'll, we'll do that next Tuesday at nine, the same time. And then after that week, we're, we're into Isaiah decoded. Um, but uh, for our Sunday groups, uh, if anybody wants to, to join in with that group as well, we are meeting at six o'clock PM, the, the, early, um, the earlier time slot. Uh, both of the Sunday groups are gonna merge together and um, uh, to talk about conference just next week. And then we'll resume our, our normal schedule and time slot. So for conference recap, uh, 6 PM Sunday, um, mountain daylight time, and then Tuesday, 9 p.m. Mountain daylight time for, for anyone that's interested. Can I, can I give you a sh just a short sentence that just completely turned the light on for me this week? I was listening to a podcast by John By the Way and Dr. John Hilton and Hank Smith. Mm -hmm. And in that, uh, they quoted uh, President Ballard that he recently said that every member can have an apostolic-like witness of Jesus Christ. And I thought, what a wonderful goal for each of us to look forward to in our lifetime, to be able to have some type of witness that we know that Jesus is the Christ. Thank you. Yes, I've been listening to, to that podcast. Uh, well, uh, the, the one episode that, that you sent me, and I just loved it with Carrie Mulestein. Um, uh, I, I, now I got to go do that one. You said it's the one with John Hilton. It was the one for this week, actually, for for the okay. Easter. For the Easter, okay. Yeah, it's this week. But yeah, because most apostles don't really extend that invitation so so freely of saying yes, you can have an apostolic witness as well. Uh, I mean, it, it's out there. There's definitely some apostles that have said it, but. Um, that, that's definitely a, a recent modern one that's fun. Thank you for sharing that, Stefan, because I'm not on Facebook, but I don't comment very much. I go through and scroll and look and then I'm off. Um, but there's kind of a quote going around. Was it President Oaks? I think it was before he was in, in the first presidency. I don't remember who it was, but it was an apostle who said, we don't have, none of the apostles have seen the savior. And I was like, or have conversations with the savior, something to that effect. Mm -hmm. I didn't even really want to read it because it just was so unsettling. And you think that's what they are. This is Christ's church. They should be having these converse, conversations. Um, they're special witnesses of Christ. You expect that they've had experiences with the savior. 
at yeah, some I, point. I could give you quotes and others that in, that say the exact opposite. So <laughs> I know, and that's why I didn't uh, like this. Don't, don't believe one little reference that somebody on Facebook posts. Yeah, I didn't like that. It just unsettled me. And I think I've shared with you before when Elder Cook came out to our state conference and said, we don't say it enough, but I want you to know that I know the voice of the Savior. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> there was such a powerful feeling. And anyway, so I just really appreciate you sharing that and, um, and reminding me of that. Thank you. If, if we've learned anything from reading this book, we've learned that, that the deity talks to our prophets in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. And how reassuring that is as we're heading into to utter darkness as, as we go through the tribulations, that our prophets are, are connected with heaven and they're wanting us to connect with heaven and hear him. Uh, just this um, last week, I've been reading Isaiah chapter four, Isaiah decoded chapter four, and um, it's talking about the, the 70s in, in Moses's time, etc., and and how they were conversing with the Lord. They were supping with him up on the mountain and and that our 70s are doing the same thing and and how we have the privilege we we're invited to do it it's just will you do it will you will you take the invitation and and come to the wedding feast or will you be out scrambling for oil and and not making it to the meeting on time <laughs> kind of a thing I, I, it, the invitation's there and and that's uh like like Stephen said, the, the great thing, if we've learned anything from this book, that's that's it, that we can have um, these same blessings because Abraham is the pattern to, to seek. And and it's all through uh, tests and trials. And as we um, work our way up this this ladder uh, that Isaiah gives us as a uh, an example, we, we can attain uh, these things that, that they had. But yeah, I... I, I love this book I, I loved you all I, this has been um, such a, a fun experience going going through this chapter by chapter and, and learning from everyone's insights um I, you know kind of ending it on on this high note of, of chapter 11. Uh, yes we'll we'll talk about it next week but um I, i've just loved every minute of of our time together and so excited um please invite anyone else that, that wants to participate with isaiah decoded uh, the more the merrier. Um, we're going to have these same three class times and um, it's just going to be a fun ride. I, I'm so excited for conference. I just feel that this one's different, whether or not it's entirely different or just me being different and, and bringing my own um, new insights uh, that I've learned since last conference into it. I, I can't um, tell you how much <clears throat> I've grown personally, and uh, I, I see that in, in everyone around is that like, well, there's just going to be some some very special experiences for for each of us at conference. I I just know it, uh, whether or not it's the things that we're expecting or or, or what have you. But um, it, it's just going to be a, a great weekend. Um, this this Easter season is it's going to be powerful. Yep. Thank you, Cameron. Look forward to next week. Yeah. And since we saw President Nelson in his talk, did anybody notice that he looks younger again? I know. 
And that's one thing as you compare this to, to even Thanksgiving or whatever that gratitude thing, I was like, okay, which one side by side, which one did he film first? Because this one looks a lot younger. Yeah. His face doesn't look as sunken. It's like filling out. And I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It is right before our very eyes. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll we'll say goodbye for tonight. Thank you, Cameron. For next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Cameron. Yeah. See you. Bye.